fully expressed to me. It's when I feel most alive, most myself, and not feeling like I'm constrained in any way. And having that come out in the world in how you speak, what you do for work, how you dress, the kind of projects you're involved in, and it's always growing. Welcome to the Unstoppable Woman podcast, where we explore what it means to create a truly exquisite life. I'm your host, Amira Alvarez, inviting you to be part of these intimate conversations about feminine ambition, what lies beyond traditional notions of success, and how to answer the question, what's next when you've already achieved so much? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez. I'm your host and the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman. And today I'm very excited to launch a three-part series that we we dreamed up in conversation. And that's a big part of what we're going to be talking about today, how being in conversation is part of authentic growth. So the topic of this series is our authentic growth here at The Unstoppable Woman and what we're doing in the company and in the business in general, but also specifically in the podcast, which you're listening to right now and for which I'm very, very thankful. So thank you for being a loyal listener and please subscribe if you haven't already. So the three-part series today is gonna be on authentic growth. We're gonna start with that as a general topic. Then we're going to have a second part in this podcast series that is gonna be talking about how we, we, are shifting and growing into a new topic and theme and expression of our truth with this podcast and then taking that from the the specific to the larger where I bring in the branding specialist that we are working with who is fabulous and having a conversation with her about her approach to to branding in your truth to really uh, aligning with your authenticity when you're going for a, a big shift or what seems like a big shift in your brand. And I think this is applicable, not just for women who run their own businesses, but I want you to be thinking about this in terms of how you might want to rebrand your life. Like if you are like, you know, I've been doing it this way for years and years and years, and now I I want something more, an exquisite life. I want it to feel different, look different, be different. How do I go about leaning into that growth? And if you are your brand in your life, all the things that we're going to be talking about in regards to how we do this in a business will be applicable to how you do this in your life. Okay. So without further ado, I am going to introduce one of my favorite people, Lee Hayward. She is a consultant on my team. I've been working with her for years and years and years as my stylist. So if you ever want a great stylist, please reach out to her. We'll put her link in the show notes. But she's also been working with me as my brand bodyguard in the last few months, the last half year. And we've had a great time working together. And she has a lot of insights on how to approach a true authentic expression of yourself in your brand. So she is going to be interviewing me today and we're going to be going back and forth, I'm sure, with with a little conversation and jamming on this topic of authentic growth. So with that, welcome to the podcast, Lee. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to sort of take Amira's role today and put her on the spot to really talk about this concept of authentic growth. And one of my favorite parts about being an entrepreneur is that you are constantly growing. There's that saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. So growth is always fantastic. But one of the interesting thing, interesting parts of growth is that growth is sometimes kind of messy. And I think one of the keys to growth in a way that feels good is really understanding the core of who you are and focusing on that authenticity. So that's what I want to sort of hook at Amira with a little bit today so that we can learn more about how she goes about doing that at The Unstoppable Woman and helping all of us be more unstoppable at the same time. Amira, let's start with just kind of a general question about growth. Growth has this funny sort of back and forth of like, it's good, it's bad, it's scary, it's exciting. Like, what are, how do you think about the concept of growth? Well, I'm always for more life. So one of the things that I learned when I was going through my big up level in terms of who I was being 
as a business owner and someone who ran a company and and was looking to grow my my bottom line my income was that we we have a growth directive we ha- have this spiritual seed that we are all born with as individuals as human beings that is about more growth it's about life okay it's saying we are put on this planet on this earth to expand just like the universe is expanding we're here to expand and anything that's in our way of that whether it's conditioning habitual ways of being old ways of thinking core wounds people old old personalities whatever you want right like limitations including not making enough money that was a big one for you know where i started in in this this journey was like okay well that's that's keeping me from my full expression in this this lifetime mining more life directive and it's calling you forward and it's saying you're here to grow you're here to grow along a spiritual path your path your unique path you don't always know that when you're in it sometimes you only know it when you're looking back but that anything that is keeping you from living it out is something you need to work with because growth is our natural innate dna we're here here to fully express ourselves and 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 keep growing through the places that we feel limited in order to do that coming back to your business for a second how did how did you know that that this was the moment this was the time that not only had there been all of this growth inside of you as an entrepreneur on your own development but that it was time to now sort of show the world the growth that the company had had now experienced i think about the iterations of my own business and when i look back at the versions of the marketing i can see exactly who i was in each version of that so what would you say to people like how do you know when it's time to make the brand match what's happening in the evolution of your own life and business mm, such a good question so i think there's a lot of a lot of touch points a lot of places where you, you have to pay attention and this is nuance there's there's discernment here is the experience that you're having in your business that is not what you are enjoying okay the 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 friction the points of friction and this is business or life right are the points of friction a place that you need to grow through right be unstoppable find you know solutions to that problem workarounds you know there there is a problem here i'm going to solve it okay like we need to do it differently we need to hire different people we need to focus on different things blah 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 right like is it that kind of thing or is it like this just isn't me anymore this isn't what i have outgrown this and it's not about solving that whatever the friction is at that level it's about actually doing something more or different or beyond that okay and that's nuance because there's many places where i see looking at you know tons of experience looking behind the scenes at in people's businesses where i'm like actually you just need to solve for this go solve for that you'll be much happier right they solve for that and it's all good right it's not about a massive tectonic shift or even subtle shift it's just about solving a problem and then you're like oh i've got so much more time or i feel so much better about this or no longer doing this this part of my business that i didn't really like anymore and then there's times where you're like oh i've done that i've been solving for that and i'm still in a place that it's not feeling fully expressed and i think that's a you have to live it there's a lived experience here you have to live it to understand the difference and to be honest i think i i i i have a great attitude i'm very positive i've loved my business this is not a lack of love for my business or or the work that i've been doing i i love it and with 2020 hindsight i think that that's been percolating i've been going through just that you know do i do i just need to you know turn this dial and tweak this knob over here for or or do i need to make a big shift in what i'm focused on for the last 2 years lee like like a long time not not a not a a 3 week period but like I had to test out 
knob dialing, right? Like tweaking to to ensure that that wasn't just what needed to have happen. I'm going to answer this in one other way. I know I'm going on a long period here, but I want to add, I think another way of looking at this. So that's, I guess, point one. Point two would be desire is causative. It's something that I teach again and again. I speak about all the time. Desire is what calls you forward. And if you keep getting desire for something else and it's not fitting into the experience you have right now and you've done all the the tweaking that you possibly can, that is a really big sign that something needs to shift for you. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I love that. Okay. So that kind of leads me to my next question that I was thinking about when you were talking. You used the word fully expressed. And I think about my own career. I mean, I have had a version of a styling business, which became a brand strategy business for 20 years now. And I think it's easy. Sometimes I have conversations with colleagues where they think fully expressed is like down the line or maybe not even possible for them. So mm. I want to back up for a second just because you you gave me the word. So I want to know, like, what does that mean to you to have a brand, a business, a life that is fully expressed? And then we'll bring the train back. But I think that's a really cool, cool saying. Hey there. I just want to take a quick moment and ask, what's the thing holding you back from your own success? The hidden shadow or saboteur potentially at play for you. And do you know how to find it? We often have that one thing keeping us from our next level. And it's not always the strategic move. It's often the internal one. I found in my own journey of success and building my exquisite life, it's what I call a core wound or loyalty pack. What's that? I share more at theunstoppablewoman.com, right on the homepage. Find out more at theunstoppablewoman.com. Now, let's get back to our episode. So fully expressed to me feels like a feeling, feels like a feeling. That's funny. It's a feeling in my body. It's when I feel most alive, most myself, most in my element, if you will, and not feeling like I, I'm constrained in any way, like I am holding myself back or not being who I am or trying to, to round hole square peg myself. So fully expressed to me is I am being me, okay? And you and I have had many conversations about this from a styling perspective where you picked out a great outfit and I try it on and I'm all enthusiastic and then I, I'm like, oh no, that's not me. And you're like, yeah, that's not you. And we can feel it even though on paper it might've looked perfect, right? Okay, because you, you nail it nine times out of 10, but like, like you try it on and you're like, oh, that's not it. Like, like that's not me. You hear me say that all the time. Like, that's not me. That doesn't feel like me. Right. And, and you can spot it when I'm doing that thing where I'm like turning a little bit and kind of going, can I make this work? Right. And it is, and it's a no, that's, that's a no. So fully expressed is total alignment with who you are in, and having that come out in the world in how you speak, what you do for work, how you dress, the kinds of you know conversations you're having, the kind of projects you're involved in. And, and it's always growing, right? Back to the first point, which is that we have this more life directive. We're never not gonna grow. We're always gonna have desire for more. For, for a more fully expressed life. Because we grow, we grow into that next level of ourselves. And then we're like, oh, but is there more? There's always more. So what's the next more? And then there's, there is like a recalibration, like a shedding of the skin and a recalibration. And it's not a, a thorough throwing out, but it's a fine tuning and a, and a, and a growth there. I love that. And it's interesting too, because I've had this conversation recently where how many things are we doing in life and business because it's just what we've been doing. And so to listen to you talk about this concept of being fully expressed, it truly sounds like it really gives us permission to evolve and change and grow in the most authentic way and then express that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Now, before you ask your next question, I also want to talk about this because I don't think it happens in a, in a vacuum. Okay, so 
the the first sort of inkling, uh, let me say this, I'm sure there, there were inklings before that, but the first conscious inkling of this was uh, about a year ago when I was having a conversation with my my best friend. She also runs a business and we were talking about where we were going and what we were doing and the places of satisfaction and the places of lacking satisfaction. And she asked the classic questions, which is like, what do you want? Right? Like, I ask this all the time, right? What do you want? And I was like, just came out of me. This is what I want. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, how the hell is that going to happen? Right? Like, it's like, well, I teach the manifestation matrix. First, first thing is desire. The second almost on its heels is denial. Like you start questioning whether you can have it. And I was like, okay, I've been at this long enough. Okay. Let's just let it percolate for a while. And then, you know, you and I have been caught you know, in conversation around, okay, th is this working? No, is this working? What about this? And you were like doing what I do for others, which is like, no, this is what you're telling me you want. This is not aligned with what you're telling me you want. And yet I was so attached to the thing that I had built, right? That was so, you know, it'd become part of my identity, I suppose. You know, it had it been something I'd built over the last 10 years. And like, can I, how do I make that work with the new thing? And uh, it felt, it felt like there were iteration, you know, it was iteration after iteration after iteration before fully releasing it to allow the new to come, come through. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is, you know, you're having this conversation with your friend and this desire just shows itself. And in my work, you know, one of the reasons I have the job that I have is that I feel like I sort of help. I'm like the language translator. But what it is, is it's the language translator of your desire. And so what I'd like to have a conversation about for a second is how you translate desire in a way that gets what you want. And I'm getting to the fact that a lot of times that is really tricky. Like sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes you can't think of the right words. Sometimes the wrong people are putting things on your desires that like could be right. So let's just chat about that for a second because it's very interesting when you start to honor a desire, but then there's a little bit of work that has to be done to truly step into it in an authentic way. Yeah. So I'm just going to use myself as an example and yeah. what I do. So Often, I would say probably 99% of the times, there's like what I call a divine download. I just get the idea. Like someone asked me, friend, my friend Jesse asked me, so, but what do you really want, right? We're in the midst of this big conversation. What do you, and it's like, just comes out, okay? And then there's some poking holes in it, right? There, there's there's like, well, do I want it like that? Or do I want it like this? Or do, is does this fit that? And, or does this fit that? And then there's all the denial stuff like who like that came out of my mouth, but it was so much bigger than I, on the one hand, consciously, I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to create whatever I want. So I, I can, I can do that. No big deal. Right. And then there's the, the other part of me that was like, how the hell is that going to happen? Like that, that, that's like, who do I think I am going after that? Right. And so I had to sit with it and imagine it. So this is very key. I'm answering your question right now. I had to sit with it and imagine it. And when I say sit with it, sometimes it's sitting with, you know, pen and pad and journaling, but sometimes it's just, there's a, a percolation period, a gestation period to the idea. And this is the law of gender. There's a gestation period. The, the, the law of gender says that you need the masculine and the feminine to come together to create life, okay? ideas are a form of life. You need the masculine and the feminine for them to come together, but there's always a gestation period for that idea. Just like a human baby gestates for nine months, ideas have a gestation period before they find full form. And we often try to rush it. And I've just gotten really good at knowing how to keep pursuing it in that percolation phase and the pursuing is in my mind it's imagining it's playing it out it's having a conversation here it's it's 
it's thinking about this. It's coming up with a great plan. I just am going, oh wait, whole, 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 back to the drawing board. Okay. And that's a that's this play between imagination, um uh, some form of action, right? And then feeling into it and knowing, no, 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 no. That's not the feeling of being correct. That that's the feeling of trying to make a decision too quickly and pushing really hard. And I think this is funny because I am like I I taught and still teach, you know, make quick decisions. But it's again nuanced because it's a quick decision. Like I made the decision in the moment that the desire came in. I am doing that. That's the decision that needed to be quick. The how piece, that was a little bit more of a percolation until I get that full yes, then I make then I act on it quickly. Okay. Because you can talk yourself out of it. So I'm going to take this to sort of a side place of that. So one of the things that I thought was so interesting in our process of going through this with your company is when we would talk about desire from, let's just say, like a, the aesthetic part of the brand, so much of what you just said was talking uh, was a feeling. And even the aesthetic part of the brand for you really was driven by a feeling. And so you would send me the same picture. But it would it, it's this. It's this. And it took a while for us to really figure out like what that truly meant translated into a brand or what it looks like on the podcast. But what was cool is that you kept coming back to it. You kept coming back to it because even if you couldn't speak the language that made everybody know exactly what we needed, you knew it was part of the core desire that truly mattered for this growth transition. And that was really special, I thought. Yeah. And at least I had a picture, right? At least yeah. I had a photo. Like, this, this is what I'm after. And you know what's interesting is that happens with people too. Like we have the experience of then hiring someone to help take that and put it into a visual brand for the, the company. And our first attempt at that, it was like, this isn't correct, right? And although I, I loved the person, like the conversation that we had, I'm like, oh, she's amazing. The moment I saw the first iteration of what she came up, I'm like, she doesn't get me. And she doesn't get it. It's not going to work, right? And and that's not a ding against her, right? It's really like what we're trying to do has not, like we haven't matched, right? And And I knew that in an instant, right? And that's that feeling place being able to trust your feelings, have that knowing instinct. And then sometimes you still have to play it out and go, you know, am I right here? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, just a really great reminder around growth is like so much of your instinct and your gut and your desire are truly guiding you. And you do have to kind of play it out and listen. So that's really cool. So I know that we are- Let me just say, let me let me say more on that. Sorry to interrupt. But like- <laughs> Your podcast, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Might go ahead. I lend you the floor. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that. It's like a knowingness. And yet, in order to get to that knowingness, you have to test things out. Okay. And then you have experiential lived knowledge of something. And you never have to test that out again. You now know. Like you've learned some, if you're paying attention and you know how to triangulate information, you will go, oh yeah, that, that's, that I can now take into all sorts of things in all areas of my life. It's not, it's not just, I learned it here. It's like, oh, I know this feeling now. I, I know that that's, that I need to do it differently here. So, so growth requires both. Clothing is a funny metaphor for this. I mean, you've mentioned clothing a couple of times. I mean, I tell people constantly 50% 50% of what you try on, and honestly, sometimes it's higher, will not work. But some of the greatest value that you get is taking the time to go through the 50% that is just wrong. And instead of hiding from it and being like, oh, God, it's me. I look terrible. Learning from it. Yeah. Like, okay, I will never wear this kind of waistband again. Or holy moly, putrid green really does look putrid green on me, right? Like, and so it's a funny metaphor for really being able to just kind of stand in the discomfort for a second and be like, oh, great learning. That's not the or thing. or the flip of that, which is Lee, I am not worried about dress. You're like, just try it on. 
I'm like, that's true. That is not a color I would ever wear. No, just try it on. I'm like, oh, I love this dress. Okay. And that that yellow dress, right? The the one I'm I have in my head in this conversation yeah, is that, that I know yellow, the one. I know the one. <laughs> that yellow dress that I was like not gonna try on, was gonna send back. No, 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 no. Is the one that we ended up like I ended up wearing. We ended up doing a photo shoot in it, and it's and it's becoming this central piece around which the podcast, the new branding from the podcast, is being built. I would have never chosen that dress. Yellow is not a color that I think I look good in. I can smoke in that 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 dress, you know. So thank you, Lee. But it's the point is about the shade of yellow, but. <laughs> But we digress. But the metaphor is very good. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about like you do have to test and tweak. I think there's a there's a a willingness. And and for those of you listening who have built big companies and you know it's not a straight line. You try something out. Okay. Sometimes it's a year or two long initiative and then you have to throw the the whole thing out because it's not the right thing, right? And and but you have to be with like the thing that makes the leaders great leaders, right? The, whether you're the CEO or the entrepreneur, you're willing to take that risk, trusting yourself enough to take that risk. And and this is this is true, I think, with your life as well. I think I think one of the things that I want to bridge a little gap here. One of the things I think happens is that you know the CEO, the you know maybe your C-suite, maybe your top line management. Maybe you're running your own business. You're you might have a level of confidence in doing this in in that arena, okay? But the rest of your life, you're like, I don't know how to do it differently. Like I don't I don't know how to grow in my personal life. I've been limited in this way for so many years. I don't want to look at it and call myself limited. But there's, you know, all of us need to look at where we're not living our most highest life, our, our most exquisite life, where we're living that fully expressed, lit up feeling. If you're not there, if you have a little bit of complaint slash desire for more, that's good. We all, one, we all, all want to be in growth. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. And two, that's just so healthy to look at. Like don't make it about you not being confident, make it about you being competent enough to see where you need to actually grow. So I have an interesting question. So you, you've mentioned kind of, you know, sort of some of the people who are listening. And I'm really curious as as a coach that you are, you know, you've had an, have had an evolution and I've known you long enough to also sort of watch this from the back seat of, so you're growing, but it's been amazing to watch the people that you coach grow and the people that you have coached raise and raise the bar, you know, get promoted, create multiple businesses, cross eight figures, nine figures, whatever it is. Like, what is that? What is that like to realize that not not only does a business grow, but does it have to do with sort of honoring the growth of the people that you're serving? Yeah, the, the business has to grow. You have to grow. Like I had to grow as a coach in so many ways over the years. And and to your point, I think I had to grow into someone who, how do I say this? I don't know that I, I ever was the complete reverse about of this, the opposite of this, but I had to lean even more into it, which was if I am going to work with eight-figure, nine-figure and higher earners, women, I have to recognize that they have a super high level of competency, okay? Like, even if they're not there, if, if I'm the one that's collaborating their secret weapon behind the scenes, helping them get there, or they come in already there wanting to work on on particular things, either in their company or in their lives, that this is not about being the know-it-all. This is not about being the one it's not about being hierarchical. It's about holding an energy and a stance for more and being able to speak to someone's intelligence, right? Speak to someone at the level that they're working at because they're working at a really high level and call them into more. So like acknowledging the 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 power, the the just their incredibleness, if you will 
while saying, and there's more for you, and this is what I see, and here's where I think we can go. What do you think? And there's a conversation there. I think when I first started, well, I know that when I first started coaching, I was more in the like, I need to show that I'm so smart um, mm. place. And and now it's really about, you know, they're paying me for the the that one percent shift that yeah. changes everything, and and it happens in a five minute conversation because they're so smart and and um, you know, running at at that level, okay, that they're they're able to get it quickly. And and, and you know what, the, the biggest thing that they're looking for is saving time, right? And so if I can give them this little tweak, and you add up these little tweaks, the world opens up for them. So that, anyways, I'm, I'm digressing. But um, that's, I think, been uh, the most validating from a personal growth perspective on my part, because just like I teach them when we come together as a group that it's safe to be like vulnerable and in your wisdom, right? You can be in your 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 strength and you can be in your vulnerability concurrently. Like you don't have to to put on the armor all the time. That's what I had to do in my coaching. Like I had to actually show up that way as well. And I do it with my team. I mean, I think I do it with you, you know, like I'm like in my strength, but I'm also in my vulnerability and I'm not doing this by myself. Well, and I mean, this is not, you know, this podcast is not a testimonial for Amira, but, you know, I have had the experience of working with you. And the main thing that was the attraction for me personally was, was not how smart you are, which clearly, clearly you are, but it truly was just what you embodied and what you showed was possible simply by being you. And that really was like the thing that I was like, okay, this is this is my woman. But now now I digress. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. I'm gonna digress some more, but but I just had this really small dinner party for a couple of friends, uh, a friend and her husband came over. I'm gonna call them both friends. And she was in interrogating my new man. And then and one of her questions to him was, what were the first three words? you thought of when you met Amira, like the first moment you met her, even before you talked to her. And I was like, interesting question. I actually don't remember what he said, but he then, I need to go back and ask him, but he then asked her that question. And she said, intelligence, power, and and sexy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And I remember when we met and I was not in like my sexy getup, but I, um, I think that I just have that that energy. One day, maybe a year ago, you were like raw feminine power, right? And that's what like we were talking about words and like what is it that we're we're doing here? And I was like, yeah, I think I learned because I didn't used to have this. I used to shut that down my sexual energy and I would hide it and I would not. I was the opposite of expressed that way. I was not fully expressed. I thought if I showed up this way that that it was dangerous. Like my friend's husbands would hit on me or something, right? And like I would be in like really awkward situations. And the woman I was then, that that did happen to. So I shut that down very quickly, but I evolved who I was being, right? I did the inner work to to own that aspect of myself, bring it out of the shadow clear it, clean it up so that it can be fully expressed. And then there's this like follow on, which is like, it's something that people are attracted to and want to learn. And then I can teach it and, and it becomes this ever, ever like it's a, if you become fully expressed, you are that model for yourself in the world. And that's that your more life is there to serve other people's lives. And that's the beautiful thing about doing this work for ourselves is that then we become models for it for for other people, whether you're a coach like me or you're just a non-coach person in the world, you're still you're still modeling all the time. It's so true. One of the coolest ways to sort of look at how you've been showing up is is going back and looking at photos. And so one of the things I was thinking when you were talking about when you were talking is how not like vastly different, but I'm going to say how different the essence is since we're talking, since we're on this podcast 
of your old podcast covers versus the new podcast covers. And what's so beautiful about it is that one isn't more right or wrong than the other, but they start to show the evolution of growth of of where the podcast has gone, where it's come to, who you've been, and who's showing up for it. So I, I just think that's kind of a, it's a neat way to actually be able to kind of go back and like track that and be like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I love that too. I love that too. And it's been really fun to go through this experience of redefining the podcast look and feel, right? The what we're doing in the podcast, the look and feel of it, um, how we're how we're rebranding it, and so much of it is this. It's an, such an interesting combination. Maybe this is more to, for our second part of the series. But there, there was there's been so much this matrix of who I become, my energy, what I want to be talking about, so content and topic, mm-hmm. and and then how we're expressing that visually, how that then leads to more clarity on what we're doing. And and there's just been this beautiful evolution on of that. But stay tuned for part two, because that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, in and I mean, detail. this may be part two as well, but it's been interesting too, because it seems that as people are seeing this, they've been waiting for it. Like they've been ready too. So it's been so aligned with the energy that the people that you truly transform have just been ready to step into. So that's been cool. So podcast, here we are on the podcast. Let's talk about it for a second. What is your, what is your desire? Since we've used that word a little bit, what is your desire for this podcast? And what I specifically, you know, like, great. We hope people download it. We hope we have great content, yada, yada. That's all good. But like, what do you truly want for the person listening? I want a great conversation that they want to listen to, like that they look forward to that when they're taking a walk with the dog or driving or whatever, they're like, oh my God, that's the podcast I want to go to. And and, and that's going to be different for different people because like there are people who listen to murder mystery podcasts, right? Like that's not what this is for, you know, that's kind of obvious. But the conversation that I want to be having is a deep conversation about what success looks like now. Like if if you have gotten to a certain level of success in your life and you you're running a company, you're working within a company and and you're building it and and you've gotten to a place where you're like, oh yeah, I got this dialed in. What's next? Who are we? If are we are we going to stay in that world? We started this about growth. Have you reached the level that that you want to reach? Is there more for you there? What's next? What happens after you reach a certain level of success? And do you have the the tools that you want? Like, do you have the tools? to do it differently. Like there are some things that work really well. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I've just found like there's different tools that you need at a certain level. And like using the same tools to have that that sort of post-success fulfillment doesn't work. We keep hitting a wall and we keep getting frustrated. So there's a whole conversation about what it takes to create that post-success fulfillment that I want to be having. And and it's not about not building the business or like I'll always be a business coach. Like I that my brain just works that way. Like I just was on a conversation with someone this morning. He wanted to talk. He just reached out and we had this long conversation. And my brain is like, it's always going to be working like that. But there's this like, well, okay, now what? And what's required? Like, how do we, how do we if, if we're so used to chasing the prize? And we no longer want to be in the chasing mode because that feels stressful. How do we create the the purpose, the meaning, the the next level of success, our next desires? So there's that whole conversation. Then there's a conversation about spaciousness, right? Mm-hmm. And like the exquisite life and what it means to live an exquisite life. And I think that this is a conversation not just for people who are have reached a certain level of success financially and and in their field but for everyone i think there's there's a yearning for this feeling of 
like exquisiteness, this lit up, this love of life, of just feeling comfortable in your body and loving your life and having it be like the sweetness of life. The phrase that I often say to myself is like, la dolce farniente, please excuse my Italian. I never took Italian lessons. I hope I said that correctly. But it's the sweet doing nothingness of life, right? It's like, how do you live in purpose, but have that sweet doing nothingness? Because without without purpose, we don't have meaning, right? There's there's a whole philosophical branch that talks about work as meaning, right? And how do you create that exquisite flow in your life while living in this, this real 3D world that we're living in, right? And what does it take to do that? And then there's this, you know, we talked a little bit about life force energy as sexual energy and like that the the law of gender. And this this has been transformative for me. So it's near and dear to my heart. And how do you how how do I teach that? Right? Not that I want women to be me. Everyone's gonna do it differently, but how do we unleash that and make it a okay for that to come forward? And then I've done, and this has been part of the podcast for for years, but I've done a lot of work on manifestation. And manifestation is just creation that takes you by surprise, right? That that's easier than you possibly could could imagine. And I think for a lot of women, there is a yearning and a wanting for relationships that are exquisite. And by relationships, I mean primary romantic relationships. Um, I manifested the man of my dreams and I was like, wow, this came out of left field. I was doing the work. I know exactly how I manifested this, but it still was magical and amazing, right? But then it's the relationships with time. We talked about spaciousness, the relationships with other people, not just romantic relationships, right? The relationships with ourselves, right? So the, how do we how do we create the the highest and best relationships? So those are all the sort of topics that I want to be be covering. And part of that is is my teaching. And then part of it is just interviewing really incredible women who have been creating success in their lives and talking to them about how they've they've been uh, doing that, how they've made manifest their version of success. Oh my gosh, there's like so many things that I want to unpack here. Oh, okay. Let me start with the thing that I mean, so many things that you said are just fascinating and so powerful. But one of the things that really sticks out to me is that you said you're truly delivering through both your work and the podcast, the tools to do it differently. And one of the things that I have noticed over and over again in my own, you know, consulting is you get to a lot of women get to the point where they're around like the three million mark and they have hit the box that they personally, the first box that they check off as, as success. And the tools they're given as to what is next for them are all fine and good, but they usually miss out on exactly what you're talking about, which is the spaciousness and, you know, desire and stepping into this exquisite life. It's about, well, now you get to morph and do this or morph and do that. And so I love that you have really created this curriculum to to be able to talk about that. Cause I don't think anybody is talking about this. Like I want an exquisite life. Everybody who wouldn't. I don't think people are talking about it. If they are, I want to, I want to be in on that conversation. Right? I'm going to play too. Yeah, exactly. And I went through that lead where I was like, okay, I'm going to do the next level this way. And it was like a very masculine approach to growth. And when I say masculine, I'm not saying men, I'm saying that sort of masculine drive, the masculine essence versus the feminine essence that we all have inside of us. And I have a lot of masculine drive. So it was like, I love my ambition. Like, I love my drive. I'm like, let's go hard, right? I have a lot of go hard in me. And so I got seduced by, oh, I'm just going to keep going hard. And to to some of your, your first questions that you asked me about, how do you know when it's time to grow? I was like, this this go hard strategy, this is not working for me anymore. I don't like this. 
it's not that I just want to reduce the intensity. I want to do it differently, 100% different. Well, not 100%, but radically differently. Yeah. So let's talk about go hard for a second, because I know you and I I would assume, but let's let's not make assumptions, but I'm going to say I would assume that you like the fact that in your toolbox, you can turn go hard on in a flip of a switch. I've proved that to myself, Lee. Okay. Like, yes. Like, yes. I, I did not have, well, I always had work ethic, but I didn't have, I'm going to face my demons and plow through them, through this challenge that's in front of me and my my company. And like, now's the time to like buckle down and go. Like, I've proven that to myself. Okay. So I, I have that as a foundation, like something I can turn to, but it's not how I want to live my life right now. Hey, Amira here. Want to know more about what keeps uber successful women from achieving everything they want in life? Find out more at theunstoppablewoman.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Interestingly, go hard is actually not the challenge. The challenge or the opportunity is knowing how to use go hard when you need it, but turn it off and step into that side that has what you said, which was spacious and you know divine or exquisite or whatever you said. Um, that's super interesting because I think as a woman growing a business, there's been so many times where I have believed that the key to success is the go hard masculine part. And you know, there have been more more places where it shows up where I have so much more power when I'm able to tap into all of the sides of myself and have that authentic growth sort of bringing us back to to where we started. But I'd love your thought on that. 100%. So I think that in the beginning, like I said, in the beginning, I had to learn, like I had to build, I have a lot of feminine nature. It likes to flow. It likes to go over here and play with this and go over here and play with this. And I had to learn there's a time and a place to focus and have discipline, right? And I can't say that I didn't have that growing up because I was always like the, the, the A student. I knew how to achieve that way kind of thing. So there's there was a huge amount of discipline there, but there's a, there's a place where I had to do that. And then I realized it was, it just wasn't working effectively anymore. Like the, the return on investment was, was lower. In the beginning, the return on investment when I was starting my business, like you, you, you freaking bootstrap it. Like all you have is you, you have to go. It's like all I had was my, my time and my willpower. And so I had to, I, I, I leveraged that. But then there's this place where you, you keep going. And if you keep relying on that, you stay stuck. You don't actually grow. You don't actually become more. Now, was I non-intuitive in my beginning stage? No, I, I was also tapping into my the the feminine side that that in the divine downloads and all of that. But but there's a big difference in how I do things, and and it's been tremendous. And the the emotional happiness from that is huge. Now I had to build up a lot of trust in myself. Like the, we talked about the relationships with ourselves, right? I had to build up a lot of trust in myself to let go of those old ways because that was my identity. Okay. You know, that's really cool. Well, and I think it'll be interesting too, when people get to hear the second part of this series, following up on the relationship part, just the relationship that you were able to build with your team that is truly you know, made this process feel not messy. It feels seamless, but mostly it feels authentic. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. And and knowing who to work with and how to work with them, it's a fun way of being in this world. Like it's delightful. And I I don't claim to be the only one to who have to have figured that out. But I think this is going to be fun to talk about it and to bring bring Leah bring. Ariana in the conversation have their perspectives because they brought so much to the conversation and it wasn't just just me. So yeah, love that. And I think the other thing to remind all of us is it's just not an overnight switch. Growth is such a process and that's kind of the beauty of it to really achieve that authenticity, at least on my take on it anyway. 
Yeah. I, I, and patience has never been something that I've been particularly good at. And I have really explored like, okay, well, if I want a spacious life, I can't always be in a rush, right? I can't be rushing to get spaciousness. It's antithetical. To have what you desire, you have to be at the vibrational match to what you desire. This is the law of vibration. So I can't have spaciousness if I'm always pushing in a rush, all of that. And I'm still, I'm still learning this, Lee. You know, I was like, I just wrote a newsletter that I think it came out a few days from before we uh, are recording this, where it's like rushing my man to get out of the house so that we could have a quote, leisurely breakfast at this little French cafe that I had discovered. And I was like, oh, that, like, look at me. Look at me. Like I had this little witness perspective. Look at me. You cannot do this, right? I catch myself out all the time. There's no perfection here whatsoever. But I now, I I took a big takeaway out of that because like then the next day I was like, oh, we're doing this totally differently. Like we're going to go back to what works. And it was like one of the most in the flow, easy, lit up, fully connected, very intimate, very seen, very like, this is exquisite. This is what I want my life to look like every day. This is what I wanted my life to look like yesterday, but I got in the freaking way of it thinking that I had no time, right? And and so it's a beautiful journey if you allow yourself to walk it, you know? I love that. Yeah, what an amazing practice. That's, that's beautiful. Good stuff. Okay, well, do you have any final questions before we wrap up the the recording of this podcast? I think that's it for now, but more, more next time. More to come. Okay. Well, it's been, this has been great. I love these kinds of conversations. So, so good. For those of you listening, give us your thoughts on some of the things that we're talking about today. Like, are you in a place of growth and how's that going for you? Are you feeling like you're fully expressing yourself? Are you feeling like there's more, but you can't quite name it or, or, claim it or you don't know what to do with it? Are you living your most like lit up, highest and best, most exquisite life? I want to know all the answers to that. So please, wherever you are listening, please comment, please reach out to us. I'll put links in the show notes for how to reach us. And thank you for being a loyal listener. Thank you for liking, thank you for sharing, thank you for subscribing, all of those things. Incredibly grateful for that. And please stay tuned for our next installment in this three-part series. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Okay. Have a great day. Most ambitious women I work with already have good lives, possibly even great. But there's often this one area that is fine as is, but not yet exquisite. And yet, when we unlock that one area, they access a whole new level. I want to personally invite you to book a complimentary call with me and discover what that unlock could do for you. These calls are for women who have done at least a million or more in their business or executive career and are ready for an exquisite life inside and out. You can book our conversation at theunstoppablewoman.com connect.